0: Well, welcome to the beginning of Revival Meetings this year. I, I will not have an opening. We'll just have an opening prayer with Brant as we begin this evening. Uh, for those of you that don't know Brant Jamison from uh, northern Ohio, uh, I guess the best introduction I can give to him is that he's just a brother in Christ. And for those of you that don't know him, you will get to know him. So, Father, I just come before you this evening recognizing that we have a a Servant of you here, we pray that your blessing, your, your guiding uh, words would be upon uh, Bran as he speaks this evening. Uh, may, your, may your spirit touch our hearts. Mm-hmm. May it be a place that is fertile ground for your word to be planted and to grow, uh, to be spread among our, our families and among our community. May we be a, a witness for you and may it come through this, this set of meetings. May it come through the words that are spoken this evening. May your presence be felt here. May the truths be declared, and and Father, I pray that the distractions that are in our hearts and our minds, that they would be swept away by your love and by your light in our lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, good evening. Um, If I speak and I pause and it's in the form of a question, I know good evening is not really a question, but uh, I expect an answer, all right? Uh, I am Brant Jamison. I did come with two of my children. Uh, I left as the fifth puppy was being born um, out of I don't know how many yet. Uh, We just had a colt born yesterday on the farm. Um, we have a foster child who is an 18-month-old daughter uh, of somebody that we haven't met yet, uh, but she's our daughter right now, so that's, she's a lot of fun. Um, her name is Mason, so you can remember Mason and Bonnie and Bodie and Bella and Bree and Brecken at home as they take care of, oh, I forgot the 130 baby calves that are at home also, and the other litter of puppies that's a week old. So, this is the reason that it's just me. I'm sorry that it's just me. Okay, But uh, I thought, you know, I'd just as well get that out of the way so uh, everybody doesn't keep asking <laughs> uh, what's going on. It's, it's a little busy, a little hectic uh, at home. But we are thankful that we are here, and we're thankful that the Holy Spirit is here. Because that is really who and what makes this worth it, right? Um, Northwest Ohio, West Hulton Congregation, I originally came from Western Kansas, Uh, Quinter, if that makes anybody uh, any difference. Um, This evening, I'd like to talk about the unknown or the not knowing. Um, Welcome to 2020. (laughs) this is the year of the unknown in january would any of you have thought this year would have been anything like where we are now in any form Uh, i think everything about 2020 has uh, wrecked any idea of normalcy for 2020. like i keep seeing these memes that say we're gonna stay up for the new year just to make sure 2020 leaves not to see the new year in you know and and we see stuff like this and you know we laugh about it and we're living in it and it's the unknown it's everything has been different this year than we've ever known my uncle gordon has used to say this when i was a kid and he still says it now even and the older i get the more i realize that what he says is true he says the older i get the less i know and we start to realize the older we get we start to realize how much knowledge there is out there and how little we actually can grasp of that knowledge right there is literally so much information that you will grab a snippet of it and that's it and we like to think that we're pretty smart we like to think that we kind of have a hedge or or know the the area that we know about for instance uh you guys most of you guys know I was an airline pilot for 16 years I thought I knew a lot about airplanes a lot about flying a lot about that stuff you know I mean that was my my little niche but when I w- oftentimes when I was sitting there flying through the air here I am flying through atoms you know how small an atom is I'm not talking about Adam and Eve, Adam. I'm talking about an atom that makes up our bodies, right? That like trillions make up your body. And here I am flying through this expanse. It's not a vacuum. So it's full of something, right? It's full of atoms. And yet, here we have a God who knows every single atom in its place as I'm flying through the atmosphere. And here I'm like, oh yeah, I know a lot about flying. I can't name any of those, right? He knows them by name. And so I guess that's, what, that's where we're headed, is just the idea of how little we know, but yet able to know the one who knows it all, all right? Hebrews thirteen eight says, "Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, and today, and forever." Um, I already told you about Mason, little girl that a little eighteen month old girl that uh, came into our home uh, two weeks ago um, on a Tuesday morning at about two a.m. Well, about twelve thirty uh, in, in the morning, all right. Just when you're, or when we're sound asleep, uh, phone rings. At first, at twelve, it was twelve thirty-seven. At first, I'm thinking it's an alarm. And as I wake up enough to realize it's not the alarm, I'm thinking, I don't know what this is because it's not my ringtone, and my wife is in the same state, and I'm like, honey, I think that this is your phone. Well, by the time we were cognizant enough to actually realize that it was her phone, it was to voicemail, obviously. And so here she is trying to call back to the agency, and uh, she calls back. She gets a hold of the security guard. There's no direct lines to anywhere at 1240 in the morning, all right? Uh, The security guard answers the phone and in her um, I shouldn't say drunken state, but I mean that's kind of At that state. It's not because of alcohol. It's because of just tired. All right Uh, in her state She didn't make it clear what she needed and he hung up she hung up and she's like I didn't get where I needed to go and so she calls back. You know who she calls? the security guard. She thought she hit the wrong extension. It's the security guard again. She's like, I think I just talked to you. So she finally gets this all together. Takes us 45 minutes. We're at the agency at uh, 2 a.m. by this time. We go in. Do you know who you meet at the door to get into the agency? The security guard. He knew who we were by then. And here we pick up mason 18 month old uh little how many of you have seen you sh- technically none of you have sh- should have seen a picture of mason but i know that there's a couple here that have all right um from toledo downtown toledo uh I'm just going to do a little survey here. If you do not know Mason's ethnicity, I want you to be honest. And just because, I want us to think about how much we know and how much we think we know. Okay? We'll give you a little more background. Mason's mom and... Mason's mom's boyfriend we're not sure if it's we're still not sure if it's actually the dad or just the boyfriend don't know were uh stopped by the police uh they claimed that they were ready that they were on their way to Kroger to get steak to grill steak at midnight I don't know sounds logical uh Mason's mom is either high or um uh, drunk one of the two Uh, And so is her boyfriend. Her boyfriend has outstanding uh, warrants. And so um, Mason's mom and boyfriend go to jail and Mason does not have a car seat. And so it's child endangerment. Uh, It's an emergency placement. Speaking of, if somebody says it's an emergency placement, it's going to be short term. We've decided that short term means at least a month in the System. I, I have no idea if that's true or not. This is our first placement, so uh, we're really green at this. Um, so back to my, back to my study. Uh, don't feel bad. What ethnicity is Mason? No, knowing what you know, is she white, is she black, or is she Hispanic? I'm not necessarily looking for answers from anybody. I don't, you don't need to be like, I think she's. All right? We're halfway Toledo, halfway to Toledo. And I'll tell you what I was thinking. We're halfway to Toledo. And shame on me, because when I tell you, you'll see why. I'm, uh, I'm thinking in my mind what Mason M-A-E-S-Y-N is how she spells her name. Alright, and I knew that. Halfway to Toledo, and Bonnie looks over at me and says, I'm kind of disappointed. Like, I have no idea. I'm just trying to stay awake. What you're disappointed about at this point. And she says, I'm kind of disappointed because she's Caucasian. She is as white. Actually, she looks just like our girls. She's blonde and she's just as white as they are, all right? And I will tell you, shame on me, that halfway to Toledo, I was disappointed too. And I was like, no way. Because that's not what I expected. I did not expect a white Caucasian woman and her obviously white Caucasian boyfriend or dad of of Mason to be in this kind of trouble. Because, you see, I wouldn't. Maybe. I mean, I don't think. And it was a bit of a come-to-Jesus moment for me. Um, and I think that, that God was teaching me how little I actually knew in that moment. He was teaching me that oftentimes I think things, or I, I think that I see things the way that I Thought that I did, and yet I knew enough to know that I was wrong now. Right? And I also am thinking back now that God was also teaching not only me, not only my family, but teaching my congregation, teaching my extended family, teaching all of us that, look, it doesn't matter what color, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter any of those things, all of us are in need of a Savior. So Mason comes into our home, and Mason literally, for the first week, walked around as if she had no idea what was going on. Um, We've been communicating with uh, Mason's grandma, actually. Mason's mom's phone doesn't work. Um, So we've been been communicating with Mason's grandma and Mason's grandma says that Mason has never been away from her mom. I don't don't know if that's true or not. Uh, But someone has worked with Mason uh, Mason knows science, some sign language, some basic 18-month-old sign language. She can't really speak. She can say some single words. But uh, she, we picked up very early on that she knew some, some signs uh, for, um, I don't, it's terrible. I've been watching her, and I know what she means when she's doing it. But, I mean, she does this all Is um, this thank you or please, um, whatever. Anyway, she she does these, and so someone has worked with her. But yet, as she walked into our family, the next morning, she she got up, and she had no idea where she was. Think about it, 18-month-old girl, no idea where she was, no idea who we were, no idea what had just happened to any amount of normalcy that she had in her life. I have no idea if her normal is anything compared to what we would consider normal or not. I don't know. Um, Some of the things that have happened uh, would say that probably she doesn't know normal like what we would think of as normal. All right. Um, I want to be respectful of Amanda and uh, Mason's past, but we have to be honest about some of the things that happened also. So here we have this girl walking through our home, literally just bumbling around because she doesn't know anything. She has no idea if we're mean or if we're nice, if we will feed her or if we will not feed her, if we will keep her bathed or not. She has no idea about any of this stuff. I don't know how much an 18-month-old really thinks this stuff through, but they do know that they have some basic needs, and they do know that they need those, those needs met, right? And she had no idea about any of this. As I was thinking about Mason and thinking about how all of this must have looked or must look like or must feel like to her i was thinking about myself and how when i came to god when i came to christ how that must have looked to him i think oftentimes guys like me and i I don't know take that for just a for whatever it's worth but guys like me okay so i grew up in the church i grew up being a basic good kid um and i realized at 12 years old that you know this the the thing that i was supposed to do was to accept jesus into my heart and and all of the stuff that goes along with that, not really understanding all of what goes along with it. In fact, just like Uncle Gordon would say, the older I get, the less I know, it seems that way that I am still bumbling around sometimes in my Christian walk. But at 12 years old, I can only imagine what God, at that moment when I said, Jesus, I need you into my heart. I need you to be the Lord of my Savior, the Lord of my life. I need you to be my Savior. I, I am repenting of my sin. And I can only imagine what God the Father was thinking about at that moment. But I must have been somewhat like Mason, who had no idea, but was stepping into our home, not knowing where her life was going. But yet. Here I was, stepping into a different home, so to speak. And I can only imagine that God must have been saying, the kid's been around this home his whole life, but he's never actually stepped in. How much can you know about the interior of a house by only working on the outside? How many of you have... have seen some place, uh, maybe in pictures, maybe you've driven past it all the time, and you see this place, and in your mind's eye, you just know what the inside of this place must look like, and you get this this grandiose vision as to what it is, or or a, another example analogy is you talk to somebody on the phone, and you talk to them multiple times, and multiple times, and multiple times, and you get this image in your mind as to what this person must look like what I just all the all the stuff about them and then you get to go into that house or you get to actually meet that person and you're like this is not what I expected and you realize how little you actually knew Malachi 3 6 says for I the Lord do not change Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Numbers 23:19 says, God is not man, that he should lie, or a son of man, that he should change his mind. Has he said and will not do it? Or has he spoken and will not fulfill it? Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And we read these verses, James 1.17 also says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And we read this, and we think about this, and isn't it such a huge blessing that even though we're bumbling around not knowing, sometimes not knowing anything, but we're bumbling around And yet the very one who saves our souls is a knowable God when we look at this and we think about this it blows my mind away to think that God created all of this he created all of this and all of this and yet God knows the very amount of hairs on our head, right? God knows us intimately and personally. Not only that, God has said that he will not change. He's not a moving target out there. He's not the deer that you're just hoping to hit as it's running across He is a solid, steady God that simply does not change. And as we are searching for him, we can always go back to that steady God and know him. Never know that much, maybe, but we can know him and know that he will always be there and won't move. So there's a few things that we need to consider or think about when we're thinking about the unknowns or the unknowables, all right? We have to start with the assumption that there's an infinite amount of unknowables or unknowns. There's actually an infinite amount of unknowns and unknowables. How many of us can tell how many atoms there are right here in this room? Right here in this body? That is an unknowable, right? We will never know this. But yet, God does. How many of us will know Everything there is to know about construction. That is an unknown. You see, because there's always different construction techniques, different types of construction. You may know a lot about a certain area of construction, but you won't know all of it. All right? So there's an infinite amount of unknowables. But yet, there's also an infinite amount. I guess it may be finite to some extent, if you could stretch it out far enough. But there's a, to our uh, minds, there's an infinite amount of knowables also. We can't put it all in there, That's that's an impossibility, right? So we have to start out there. An infinite, infinite amount of knowables and an infinite amount of unknowns and unknowables. All right? So, infinite is too big for our finite minds to grasp, right? So, we start there, and then we have to realize that in this, our awareness, or, well, we will become aware, we have to be aware that we will forget some of the knowables that we actually knew. And then, therefore, are they actually a knowable? Are they actually known? Or are they an unknown at that point? Uh, There's been a lot of times when I've lost my keys. I knew where they were, right? But you can't find them. seems kind of unknowable or unknown at that point, right? Sometimes it seems unknowable. Um, where your keys are too. So you have to realize, you have to start with that assumption also that there will be certain things that you'll just forget, certain knowns that you'll forget. You have to be aware also that what was once considered valid knowledge with more information has become invalid. So is that now a known? Or is that an unknown? You can all think of examples of something that uh, I think way back when tomatoes were thought to be unhealthy for you. Some of you may not like tomatoes. I don't know. So maybe that's uh, a, a bad example for you if you don't like tomatoes. But uh, and now we like tomatoes. Or, there's nothing wrong with tomatoes, right? And that has happened over and over and over and over throughout history, right? more information and a known thing, then all of a sudden gets turned on its head and it's an unknown. And then we also have to be aware <clears throat> uh, of the data of scientific um, reasoning. And I say this uh, because this is a secular thing, but we, also, we have to realize that there is science that will be backed up by scripture or maybe scripture that will be backed up by science that will change some of the things that we thought that we knew right <clears throat> Proverbs 22:25 through 27 says of old you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands they will perish but you will remain they will all wear out like a garment you will change them like a robe and they will pass away. And then the psalmist says, but you are the same and your years have no end. Speaking about our knowable God who simply does not change. Remember, a couple of those aspects of the unknowns, are about change right whether it's through scientific uh, data or whether it's through some other means some of the things that we thought that we knew we didn't actually know there's a whole bunch i could start we could start talking about coronavirus right now but you know that's a whole nother thing and we won't even get started so anyway our God simply does not change. Isaiah 40:28 says, "Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary; his understanding is unsearchable." Speaking about some of the unknowns or unknowables that we simply will never know. But yet God does, and we can know the one who knows. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, we are, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Speaking of the known. Psalms 119.89 and 90 says, for, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. A God that is known, a God that is a true uh, target, if you want to say that, a God that will remain right here, and he will not move. We're the ones that move, not him. Wouldn't it have been easy for God when he was creating the heavens and the earth? Wouldn't it have been easy for him to simply say, you know what, I'm going to just toss all this stuff out there, just going to kind of create it, and, and let them just search for me as I travel through the heavens? It would have been easy for him to do that, right? But yet our God said, I want my people, I want my creation to be able to know who I am. There there will be no possible way for them to understand or know or uh, grasp how big and how small things really are. But yet, I want them to know the very one who knows. And in our search for knowledge, we really have a couple of choices. We can search for knowing or we can search for the one who knows. And we see men search for knowledge, search for knowing. They just keep digging and digging and digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And there's literally nothing wrong with digging deeper and deeper and deeper it's the attitude behind why we're doing it is what makes it right or makes it wrong what makes it valid or makes it invalid all right because if i'm just digging deeper and deeper and deeper in knowledge to to tell everybody (coughs) to tell everybody how much i know I'm doing it out of pride. And I'm not doing it for Him. But if I'm doing it because I want to dig deeper and deeper and deeper and know more and more and more about the very one who created it in the first place, I'm deepening my relationship with the very God who knows. Psalms 33:11 says the counsel of the Lord stands forever the plans of his heart is to all generations Deuteronomy 33:27 says the eternal God is our dwelling place and underneath are the everlasting arms speaking of our knowable God who does not change <clears throat> so how do we get past the unknowns Or how do we learn more in a rightful attitude? I came across this a while ago, and I I found it interesting. Um, And so just stick with me through these these next few points. This guy calls them the UUs or the unknown unknowns. All right? Now think about it for a second. Oftentimes, we don't even know what we don't know. Have you ever been there? Like, you don't even know what you don't know. Because you don't even know what to ask, so you actually know what you didn't know in the first place. Uh, The... um, Foster system has brought forth many UUs for us, many unknown unknowns for us. Like, we just didn't even know how it worked, and we still don't really know how it works. <laughs> um, slow, that's how it works. Uh, we do know that. <clears throat> but we start out with UUs, or unknown unknowns, so how can we start to learn at least some of the things that we don't know and maybe never will, all right? We have to realize, number one, that there are continuous UUs or continuous unknown unknowns, all right? And you have to be okay with that. Are you okay with just simply not knowing? If you were given the choice how, whether you could learn the way that 2020 would end or not, How many of you would want to know how 2020 ends? I would. Anybody else? (laughs) A couple. (laughs) A couple of you guys are like, no, we're just on for the ride. Let's go. I mean, it's been crazy so far. Let's just continue on. There are continuous unknown unknowns, though. All right? We have to start with that. We have to realize that there is a boundary to our knowledge, and be okay with that, all right? Number two, that there is a disjointed set of unknown unknowns, all right? So let's put it this way. This is the example that they use, all right? Let's imagine that there are one, two, three, four, five, six numbers, all right? Let's imagine that we start out on the number zero, and we take a step, and we step on the number two. And we step on the number four, and we step on the number six, and we step on the number eight, and we step on the number ten. Those are all even numbers, right? Have we? Do we even know that there's such a thing as an odd number yet? That is an unknown unknown to us at this point because we have just simply taken steps and stepped on 2, 4, 6, 8. We don't realize that there is actually a number in the middle of that. Does, Does that make sense? Now, all of a sudden, somebody comes along and says, hey, there's odd numbers. And you're like, no, there's not. Because it was an unknown unknown to you until you actually realized that there is a known unknown to you, okay? Do you know anything about odd numbers at this point? You've only ever experienced even numbers up until now. Do you know what an odd number is? You just realized that there is something different called an odd number that you've never experienced. Now, you can actually start to learn about the very thing that you had no idea even existed. What about negative numbers on top of that? That just blows your mind. So you're like, negative? No, it starts with zero and it goes up, right? And so you have these, you have a disjointed set or an unknown this unknown set of unknowns with this. <clears throat> Number three, there's a creative, destructive unknown unknowns. <clears throat> Oftentimes, when you get to an unknown unknown, you have to choose whether you want to believe that the unknown is something that you can know or not? Um, I'm going to say about February, March. Most of us probably would have been in somewhere, somewhere around there with Corona. All right, we had we we kind of knew that there was this unknown out there, but we really didn't know whether we wanted to believe it or whether you wanted to disbelieve it. And some of us may not still know, all right? That's okay. We're not here to preach corona not corona, mask not mask. That's that's a whole different uh, game. So but you understand you have to re- you have to you have to make up in your mind whether you want to open your mind to something new or whether you just want to say no. I don't really want to know anything different at this point. Some of the greatest minds in history actually had to start with that very premise to actually learn some of the things that we know today. Einstein uh, rejected some of the wisdom of his day and said... I'm going to start out with rejecting what we, what we think we know. And I'm going to come over here purposefully while rejecting that. And I'm going to start studying over here and see where it takes me. Sometimes when we, when we do that, and, and please get me when I say this, okay? This does not mean that we reject God. God. And we say, I don't believe that God's not real or anything like that. Um, how should I say this? Because, quite frankly, sometimes I don't know that that's such a bad thing as long as you're a healthy Christian. All right. It's not a good thing if you're not a healthy Christian. All right. But you come over here and you what like you've rejected what you think that you know and you start digging And see where it takes you. You see, if you truly want to uh, start digging over here and you want to reject God for a moment, you know where this is going to take you? Right back over to to, that there is a God. I mean, if, if you watch any of, like, say, Robbie Zacharias or someone like that, it will point you back, all right? But you have to be able to live with creative, destructive, unknown unknowns. In other words, you have to be able to say, I'm gonna destroy this one to create a new one, all right? And lead you down the path of knowing more about an unknown. You also have to, number four, have to have doubt to realize more about unknown unknowns. You have to say, Is it really true? But is it really true? Because if you believe everything at face value, you will never grow deeper and uh, gain more knowledge. Not that that's the end all. Unless you have some doubt. Right? Doubt is one of those things that makes us drive deeper, makes us know what we really believe. And it will grow our unknowns into knowns and then into wisdom as well. And then we also have to realize that there are true unknown unknowns. And this is where we would find God. He is simply a true, unknown, unknown. But yet, he's also a true, known, unknown to us as well. We will never know the awesomeness and the greatness of God. But yet, we know that he's a true, known, and unknown to us. <clears throat> we realize that as we walk this path the more we the more we understand the less we really know about stuff um, like for instance God says I know the here's upon your head some of us that's easier some of us that's harder for him to keep track of right but yet that is an unknown for me I don't know but yet my God knows and in that I can find security and safety in just simply the knowing that he knows and, and as I've continued to grow in my relationship with him, I've continued to foster and, and grow in this, in this idea of I do not know what the future holds. And I can be okay with that because I know the one who knows my future. I'm not saying that I still don't worry In the meantime I'm not saying that I don't still have doubts or questions but I am saying that since he knows I can rest in that even though it may be an unknown unknown to me from now through eternity I can rest in him knowing Yeah, I actually believe that there's going to be some unknown unknowns when we're in heaven because otherwise we would be God, all right, if we just learned everything when we got to heaven. That's a a whole nother message for a whole nother day. So we won't start going down that path. But I have to be okay with knowing the very one who knows and just leave it at that sometimes. It's called trust and faith, right? Isaiah 44, 5 says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Speaking of our God, 1 Timothy 1, To the King of ages, immortal, inv- invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And Revelations 22:13 13 says, I am the alpha and the omega, the, f- the first and the last, and the beginning and the end. And I can be simply okay with not knowing because I know the very one who knows. The older I get, the less I know. The older I get, the more I know the one who does. And I'm okay with that. What shall we sing?